Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> the Hawk and Readers Book Club has spoken. Our June book of the month is The Outsider by Stephen King. If you'd like to read more, but you'd also like some friends to chat about the story with, you know, like, can you believe you did that? What? But that bit was rubbish. Now that was my favourite part. The staircase was the killer the whole time. You know, that sort of thing. Then join our Facebook group and join in on the fun by heading to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver and join us in our monthly book club. Today's episode is The Mark of the Dead, written by Daniel Wilcox and narrated by Justin Fife. It wasn't until I got my first tattoo that I felt I really understood my dad. The strange part is, I never asked or paid for it to happen. The tattoo, that is. I'd pay triple to have my dad back with me now. Dad died in the middle of summer. Heat storms and scorching days. There had been a housepipe ban. Grasses had turned from vivid greens to the brittle browns of insects. Some new rock and roll artist blared from every back garden as the street threw barbecues and kids played in the roads. It was a better time, a nicer time. He had always been something of a mystery, my dad. A man of great kindness, but of a secrecy I'd never understood until I'd aged enough to notice the long hours spent in his home office. 
the bags that seemed to always hang under his eyes, the eerie quiet that spilled through his locked door. Mom and Dad never had any arguments. It never seemed to show on her face that there were any problems, but I had always been curious as to what happened behind that door. Whenever asked, Dad would always say, Important work, son. Important work. Then go straight back to chewing his cornflakes before another day's worth of silence. I hadn't even noticed that he'd had his own tattoos until after he was gone. It had never even crossed my mind until he was lying there, dead in the local morgue, that I saw the measure of his ink. An entire arm blackened and bruised with the swirlings and markings of artistry I couldn't quite understand. A mixture of symbols, flames, and geometric shapes, all twisted and contorted in sketches across his skin. When I asked my mom about his tattoos and what they meant, she merely looked at me and let out a low sob. At the time, I thought it was from the sadness over my dad's departure from this world. Little did I know that those sobs would be for me. It was two weeks later, as I was helping mom clear the dishes, that had happened. The plate in my hand almost slipped to the floor, suds and bubbles dripping down its edge. The white-hot pain that had pricked my forearm came and went in an instant as though a wasp had stung the skin and disappeared as quickly as it had come. You okay, dear? Mom asked from the dining room in that same empty tone she'd adopted since the funeral. Yeah, uh, fine, I called back, eyes wide as the black mark began to appear on my skin. It appeared like a Polaroid picture, slowly developing into the shape of what appeared to be a ram skull in the center of my forearm. There was a gentle prickling around where the image was, as though I'd somehow developed a sunburn. Everything all right? Mom repeated, her voice coming from the doorway behind me. With a quick twist, I unrolled my sleeves to cover the mark and smiled. Yeah, I I think there might have been a bit of glass in the sink. I, I thought it cut my finger. Mom eyed me suspiciously, but asked nothing more of it. The day passed and night came. Come midnight, I found myself fully dressed, lying on top of my bed sheets. Sleep hit me like a steam train, yet wakefulness found me at midnight. As the lights on my alarm clock blinked the four zeros, my arm set a fire. I sat up, grasping my forearm with my free hand, feeling the heat pour off of it. The night's darkness snatching my screams with greedy fingers, the mark turning from black to the most luminescent of whites, which bled light through my clasping fingertips. My body acted of its own accord, sitting up in bed, feet finding the floor. Before I knew it, I was walking through the entrance to Dad's office, the only place in the house I had never seen from the inside before. Not that there was much to be seen. The walls of the room were bare wood. The floor was bare wood. The ceiling was bare wood. The only item of furniture was an empty desk sat in the far end of the room, facing a wall where I had always presumed a window might sight. The desk was covered in a thick layer of dust, as if it had been bought for a purpose it had somehow never fulfilled. I closed the door behind me without even thinking about it, the lock making no sound. I switched on the light, for the first time getting a full look at the sight which took my breath away. Scratches, hundreds 
and thousands of scratches along the wood of the walls and floor, as though some tiger had been freed and used the room as its own personal scratching post. I walked nearer to the wall, the sensation on my arm lessening somewhat, though still uncomfortable to experience. The grooves were deep into the wood, the scratches rough and primal. It was as I examined the opposite wall that I noticed that they all pulled in one direction in the room, back to the center of the floor, where a pentagram had appeared, scribed in bright red lines of fire. What the hell? I tried to manage out loud, but no words came. Cotton filled my mouth, and I realized then that I couldn't speak or swallow. I was bound to silence by a force I just didn't understand. My legs guided me to the center of the pentagram. I tried to fight, used the best of my will, but before I knew it, there I was. I'm not sure how long I stood frozen to that spot. Seconds, minutes, hours. Paralyzing fear made time stretch and warp like taffy on a summer's day. I had gotten to the point where maybe I was beginning to think that it was all a horrible dream when the light shut off and I was plunged into darkness. The only light, the dull throb of the fiery symbol beneath. I think a tear may have crawled down my cheek then, or it might have been after the maniacal chuckle echoed around the room. <laughs> a moment later, a figure emerged in the front of me, ghost-like in pallor. My father, naked as the day he was born, flesh torn in tatters like paper filed through a shredder, eyes cold and white, a voice like crushed gravel. Son. I could only nod. Words would still not come. I am sorry for what is to come to you, my boy. Sorry for the foul that is about to befall you. There is not enough time for a full explanation though I'm sure that over time you'll piece the pieces of the puzzle back together. You are strong and likely to conquer more than I ever did in this field of expertise. What's going on? I half managed, words coming out like choked smoke through a vent. I, I don't understand. I didn't at first. What you are about to learn is a secret that I'm not best proud of. Something that only myself and your mother ever knew. My dad's knees buckled, his back arched as though he had just been struck in some way, though I could see nothing behind him. He cried in pain, eyes screwed shut. <laughs> Don't worry, my boy. I never told them that your mom knew. They made me promise, keep it all a secret. But I couldn't, not entirely. He straightened back up, several more chunks of skin peeling and dangled off his body, revealing the muscle beneath. I felt nauseous. They came to me when I was down and out, before you were born. I was young back then, I didn't know better, and I, I made a deal, son. I made a deal with, well, not the devil himself, but with his representatives. 
all the money one would require to live a fulfilled life in exchange for the fact that I would remain forever a vessel from which the boundary between the afterlife and the living would and could be tested. It really is a beautiful world down here. I felt sick, seeing the adoring smile creep up on my dad's face. So much that people would never know or understand. It's not as they describe it in any book, son. It's so much more magical. Sure, there's fire, there's brimstone, but... He sighed. There are benefits to being a vessel to the Dark Lord. When death comes for you, as it does to everyone, it will behoove you to have worked in their favor. Somehow I found my words, and in that moment the questions poured. But why me? If this is the deal you made with them, why am I suffering? What is this stuff on my arm? Why am I bound to your fate? Is this really what you've been doing all of these years? I figured you were an accountant or maybe a spy. Something that just required confidentiality for client protection. I had no idea you were... What? Acting as a vessel for the Dark Lord? What the hell does that even mean? Dad did the worst thing he could do to me then. He cocked his head in that way he always did when he was asking himself internally how he could have ever made something that he loved so damn much. His proud face, my mom would call it. Son. Dad, I'm scared. I interrupted, going for it now that I knew I could talk, terrified that the fear would take my voice away again at any second. I just want you to be here. Like, really, I miss you so damn much. The words grew tougher to form, tears spilling down my cheeks. My arm pricked violently. It's not the same without you. Why couldn't you just be here with me now? Please. Dad smiled and took a step towards me. He reached out and grabbed my shoulders, staring deep into my eyes. Where his hands touched, I felt my skin boil and bubble, but I ignored the pain. Somehow, I ignored it all. All in good time, son. Where we are now, what you have beneath you, is forever. I'm not going anywhere now. For as long as this room exists, and as long as you live every day, we will meet in this exact spot, and I will guide you, the same way you will guide your offspring, and them theirs. Our bloodline is bound now, and in return, the security of a life without financial worry or security burdens are ours. I am here forever with you. I smiled. Somehow, I felt reassured. My father, always with me? Now, it is time. My dad stepped back. I instinctively stepped back too, moving out of the range of the pentagram. The light had grown bright, and, now where the floor had been, was only an empty space between the lines, a deep black void inside. 
from which came the sound of snarls. What is this? I asked. Dad merely beamed. His eyes focused on the hole from which there came a paw the size of a football. Dark, slick fur that looked as though it was covered in grease. Claws so long and sharp, they looked like they could cause some serious damage. I glanced at the walls, at my dad, piecing the puzzle together. I swallowed, my voice gone again as the creature crawled out of the hole, lifting itself out of the darkness with great effort, its body blacker than the darkest shadows, eyes a glowing amber that told of fire and brimstone. It struggled, clawed at the wooden floor in an effort to get a grip and pull itself into this new dimension, a force unseen holding it back, pulling against it with all its might. It managed to get its haunches out of the hole, furiously scratching at anything it could grab as it desperately fought for freedom, claws making fresh new grooves on top of older grooves. The creature squealed a hellish squeal as whatever lay below pulled it back into the darkness. The creature's screech reverberated around the room as its paws vanished into the blackness, its eyes dissolving into a shadow so far down below it seemed impossible. With a snap, the pentagram faded. I found myself panting, realizing that I hadn't breathed for several moments. With questioning eyes, I looked at my dad. You see, son, he shrugged. Important work, very important work. Then he was gone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Mark of the Dead was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes and read by Chris Zabriskie and Sam Robson, with extra sound effects provided by freesound.org and Zapsplat. Daniel Wilcox is the best-selling author behind such dark fiction titles as They Rot, They Remain and Lazarus, written alongside Luke Condor, that's me, as well as The Caitlin Chronicles with top 10 Amazon author Michael Underlay. To find out more about Dan's work, you can visit www.danielwilcox.com. We have a new patron. Thank you very much to Deborah Fang for your support. We would not be able to do this show without you. If you'd like to join Deborah in the Cool Persons Club, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. There you'll get early ad-free access to episodes along with bonus exclusive episodes every single month. Lastly, once again, our June book of the month is The Outsider by Stephen King. You can join the Hawk and Readers Club and chat all about the book and the bits you like and the bits you don't and that kind of thing. All at our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. And I look forward to seeing you there. Until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.